0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. This episode is brought to you by AFCO. Family owned and operated, AFCO Fishing Apparel and Tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20 plus year life cycle of the Afco products. Visit afco.com that's a f t c o.com for on the water performance gear and also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more health, trophy fish than ever before and if you're interested in building a new pond or lake give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you if you're anywhere in the southeast schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com what's up guys and welcome to the alabama freshwater fishing report i'm your host brian sin welcome to the show hope you guys are having a fantastic week and i hope you're able to get outside and enjoy the outdoors a little bit do a little fishing how the weather weather's cooled off slightly i mean it was about as brutal as it could be uh in the last couple of weeks i don't know in my lifetime if i've ever seen it this freaking hot in june but uh it it is what it is and uh hopefully we got got a little cooler weather anyway for right now but hey i'm anxious to see what the fish are doing i know last week's show even with that hot extremely hot weather we had some guys still catching fish and uh and i'm sure it's gonna be no different this week so i am extremely excited about the first segment this week got two young men on here from jacksonville state university just had a big win on Logan Martin a couple weeks ago. Welcome to the show, Dalton Mize and Lucas Smith. What's going on, guys? What's going on, man? How you been doing? I've been good, man. I, I've been good, but let's not talk about I want to talk about y'all. Y'all the ones that's been good. I uh, yeah. Had a big win the other day, right? That's right, on Logan Martin. Man, that's awesome. So tell me, what tournament was it? And uh it was the weekend before last. And uh what tournament was it?
1: Uh it was the uh the final event of the season for our college bassmaster and it's the uh wild card event. It's kinda like the the last chance to qualify for the national championship, which is in uh South Carolina at, on Winyah Bay. So that was it was a very good event. If you're doing one, you know, might as well do it close to home.
0: Yeah, no doubt, right. So you guys both are You're both members of the Jacksonville State University fishing team. So, what year are y'all in school? Man, just kind of tell us about yourselves. Uh, Dalton, just start with you, man. Where are you from? How long have you been with the team? And then, Lucas, you can go after that.
1: I've always lived in the the Jacksonville area, you know, always fished around Neely Henry and Logan Martin, just the lakes around here. But, but yeah, man, I've always, I went to school in uh, Pleasant Valley. It's a school maybe 20 minutes outside of jsu and uh and just i've always wanted to fish for co- coming in into my freshman year of, of high school i've always wanted to you know fish for for my college at jsu and lucas came in the year before me and started doing the same so i just followed him where he started
0: that's awesome lucas where are you from
1: i'm from Dadston so i'm not too far either i'm about 35 minutes away from jsu and uh this is actually i'm going into my senior year now majoring in accounting and uh yeah it's been a great time fishing for jsu uh, in the college series uh i started my freshman year with uh, my partner then was zeke gossett i know he's a friend of yours and oh zeke's on the show all the time we love zeke that's right yeah he graduated you know i was fortunate enough to fish with him my freshman year and then he graduated and dalton's been my partner ever since and it's worked out great
0: man that's awesome so
1: you know i know i know a lot of
0: colleges do it different you know i know that uh montevallo you know does it different than auburn and you know some give scholarships don't some don't give scholarships is jsu is it a scholarship type situation for you guys or is it or is it just kind of on your own
1: well right now they don't offer any scholarships for fishing but uh the way we raise money is uh through sponsorships you know As a team, we collect sponsorships in the fall, and uh, we use that to pay for, you know, the hotels. or Most of the time, we try to get houses when we go out of town, and that covers most of those expenses.
0: That's good. Well, and hopefully, man, the way this sport's growing, you know, through high school, through college, I mean, this has got to be one of the fastest-growing sports you know we've always had the football and the baseball and the basketball but the the fishing is something that's really come on the last few several years and has grown and now more and more colleges are having teams you know i I would hope that the the universities would would realize this as a as a as a sport that they should be sponsoring and and start offering offering scholarships to you guys and kind of you know helping fund this thing
1: jsu that in the future, I could see them probably doing something. But in recent years, we've had a lot of success on the JSU. Like before me and Lucas both got there in 2019, one of our uh, teams won the uh, the first event of the year and won in Lake Norman. So that kind of got the ball rolling. And then uh, in 2020, whenever Lucas and uh, Zeke were, were partners for that year, they uh, actually won the uh, the College Classic and they won the uh, Team of the Year. Like it's it's like their angler of the year, you know, it's the same thing the elites has, but they won that out of the, all of the colleges and they're that fish, the, the Bassmaster event. That's awesome, man.
0: That's really good.
1: The past few years. And then last, you know, this year, obviously me and Lucas won the, uh, the wildcard event and then it was a pretty down year for, for the team. And just for us, just because we've had a lot of the, we personally had boat trouble and couldn't make an event. And some of the team was having trouble scheduling. And uh, last year, man, Lucas uh, came in second in that team of the year race. That Lucas and Zeke finished first in, so we yeah. were the the runner up for that last year.
0: Hey, man, that's good. that's pretty consistent runner up last year, winner this year. So y'all qualified for for the big event, uh, the national and, and the the event in uh, where'd you say it was?
1: It's at Winyah Bay, South Carolina.
0: That's gonna be a little different, huh? A little back <laughs> yeah,
1: water I, out there. Yeah, I um I've never fished a tidal fishery like that before, so. That'll be interesting, yeah. A lot, a lot of different, uh, you know, brackish water. Uh, we have to clean our motor out with <laughs> plugs every every time we get off the water. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, you guys, y'all get to go fish different lakes all the time, and you know, some of them are similar, and some of them are not, and and that's really cool that y'all have that opportunity to do that. But you know, when you're when you're going to fish a new kind of water and you're preparing for that and just like this when bay tournament y'all got coming up i mean it's it's different right and and different fishery different way to fish how do you prepare for going into a tournament like that
1: you know there is a certain element of like research and uh that that can start you know months before the actual tournament like you know we just now qualified for that national championship and uh we're already looking into you know some like basic things, you know, basic information about you know, how the tidal fishery works for this example. And, uh, you know, looking at contour maps helps a lot. Kind of pick out areas that you think you'll fish and practice. But uh, the main thing is, you know, just packing all your tackle, like everything you could possibly think you'd bring, want to bring and uh, keep an open mind. the main thing. Not researching, but not getting too caught up in how people caught them, you know, three years ago or whatever the case may be, because fisheries change every year.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I got the answer, man. Y'all need to find the podcast over there somewhere because, like us, <laughs> where where you can find out what the fish are doing every week, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> and the no, local guy. About that, that
1: <laughs> I don't know fun. if they have
0: one for when y'all bay or not, but maybe maybe we need to look into it.
1: Yeah,
0: you need to get somebody from Win Y'all Bay and just have them call the show. Yeah, <laughs> that's in. right. Have them call in and send it to y'all, right? <laughs> Let y'all listen. Hey, well, man, congrats on the win on the the other day. So, you know, we're talking about preparing. I know that I know that Logan Martin is, is definitely not an unfamiliar body of water to you guys. So I, I know that you probably got a pretty good plan when you go in. So let's talk about the tournament. Let's talk about y'all's win. Man, I want to hear kind of what your expectations were going into the tournament how did y'all plan on catching fish and then let's talk about day one you know kind of did it pan out the way y'all thought
1: you know coming in the tournament i i really hadn't been on logan martin in quite a while a couple months at least since you know our official practice started and we went over there and i was thinking maybe 16 17 pounds a day would win it ended up being a lot tougher than that thankfully for us but and um uh, something i thought that would happen is i thought there'd be a lot more schools of fish you know pulling out sh- offshore and uh it really didn't happen like that uh we kind of had to scrap around and there wasn't really any like huge schools of fish and uh another thing like we looking uh whenever the schedule came out we seen this tournament and it was in it was in the you know middle of june and we've caught them before we caught the largemouth you know before shallow and like fishing grass like with a frog or swim jig you know around bluegill beds this time of year and you know looking at the even a couple of months ago we thought that still would play and you know largemouth would be the ticket to win but after how hot june has been you know it just we realized like how many fish were actually you know going to be offshore but yet they were they were still really hard to catch like they were they were pressured or either suspended but man them them offshore fish they were just they weren't none of the fish were really cooperating in logan martin and and you can tell that by the weight you know the uh, the college series is is a really is really good. It has a lot of good anglers in it, and it, for it to only take, we won with uh, 14 pounds a day. So
0: I, I'm with you. I thought it would have taken you know 16 to 18 pounds, you know, a day to win it. But like you said, this time of year, the fish are usually schooling up really well on Logan Martin. But, it, but I've heard from some other people, not just you guys, that it, it really hadn't happened that way this year like it does in the past.
1: Yeah. Another thing that's hurting is, wasn't getting on until like you know, 12 o'clock every day. No matter what end of the lake you're on, you aren't getting that current till you know, later in the day. So it really was, I mean, the afternoon bite was actually pretty good because, I mean, we all know how, how keyed in these fish are on, on current, you know, in the Coast River lakes. I mean, that's how they lived their whole life. But with them only cutting the current on till you know, you're not getting in your, in our areas, we weren't getting the current till, say, one o'clock. So yeah. that, that only left a, that only left a small window where the fish were, you know, them offshore fish were actually feeding. I mean, you could, you could still catch those offshore fish whenever the current was off, but it was a lot, a lot tougher. Yeah. So is that how y'all caught most of
0: your fish was on offshore schooling fish?
1: Yeah, it, it actually was. We actually ended up weighing in ten spotted bass uh for the event which was kind of crazy we, we never would have saw that coming and we caught pretty much all of them offshore uh, we did catch a few key fish uh just fishing some lay downs on the bank you know before that current cut on that was pretty key for us yeah
0: so you're all looking off the ledges uh humps whatever you're out there with your electronics you're looking i mean i've had people on here that have said you know you can find some gigantic schools of fish at times on logan martin and but it sounds like that that those large schools maybe weren't as uh numerous as as they have been before it was like smaller schools is what i'm what i was understanding is isn't it known for you know, sometimes there'll be 200 fish in a school, two, 300 at th- some points.
1: Yeah, it, it usually is like that. It's, it's kind of crazy. I'm not, I'm not sure what the the deal is. Maybe the lack of rainfall this year, you know, causing less current. I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe the strange weather patterns as well. You know, May was pretty mild and then we had a super hot spell like you talked about at the top of the show, you know, and all the larger schools we found for the most part had small fish in them. So. Mm. That may be part of it as well. I'm, I'm not not really sure about that.
0: Yeah. So when the fish are a little, you know, you go out with a plan on on how you're going to find the fish and then how you're going to catch them. And it sounds like that that they were the bite was definitely tougher than than people thought it was going to be. Did you have to change your bait selection and slow down things, or when you found them and found the right school were they still? pretty active or what were y'all using to catch your fish
1: so uh early in the morning we you know we really uh, kind of keyed in on that current deal and you know mostly towards later in the day because they were used to that current cutting on around that 11 to 12 o'clock at range so before then we would fish you know we would fish the grass or fish docks we did fish a lot of docks and one thing we noticed like we would the the more downsides we go on our weight the, the more bites we would get like one of the most key baits for us, you know, not on the schooling fish was an eighth ounce shaky head with a, with a red bug zoom trick worm on there. We've never really thrown very many eighth ounce shaky heads, but. We caught uh the second day of the tournament we caught a pretty key fish off off of a dock like a two pound spot off of it and it was on that eighth ounce checky head but I, I don't know if it was the it was the pressure that made them want to do that or maybe just the hot weather but definitely seemed like a you'd have to finesse them and then we and on the offshore schools we did uh try you know dragging something around uh, to, and you know throwing you know like finesse bait and it was really all reaction strikes is really the only way you could get them to. To fire on those offshore schools.
0: So, what were y'all catching with offshore?
1: The probably the key bait for us this week uh, was a was a Rapala in the, the DT series. Uh, the the main one we've thrown was like the we throw we throw the fourteen and the ten mostly. We switched mm-hmm. between them two. The main color we were throwing was the disco shad, but some of them schools are so large, I don't even know if it would, have, it would have mattered. I mean, the the final day, it was a pretty crazy day as far as how, how big of a school that we found. Yeah, that was kind of unusual based on the rest of the leg having small mm-hmm. schools. We did kind of stumble upon, you know, we didn't find this in practice. We kind of stumbled upon a, a big school on the second day that really turned us around and helped us get the victory
0: all right well let's talk about that man day one you guys what do you weigh in
1: day one day one we had 12 pounds 14 ounce we're sitting in sixth place after that
0: so you're sitting in sixth place you know you're in the hunt i mean you feel like you at least got a shot so you go out second day obviously you're trying to catch you know get a good bite maybe a bigger fish in the grass early and then man stumble upon a uh, sound like a great school or a bigger school anyway.
1: Yeah. But yeah, going back to the the day one, it was God, it was a tough day. We we had only caught six keepers that entire day. Like we started off on a, on a brim bed in the morning and uh, I lost a very good, like a four pound large mouth on a frog and I uh, had some other, you know, little largemouth that we caught, but none of them were, were happening. And man, after we went offshore, we only caught six. Oh, oh we actually only caught four fish offshore. We caught two off of the, the lay downs with that shaky head that really helped I mean the biggest fish of the day and then a, and a very key fish also came off that shaky head but r- one point we went to fish an offshore school and I was throwing that uh, that DT10 and I threw it out there to you know where we thought the school was you know you could see the hard bottom on the live scope and I, as soon as I went to reel, I cranked it down like two or three times the, the the crankbait may have been a foot or two under the water and I and I lean in. I'm like, oh god, dude! I was like, I've got a, I've got a catfish or a, a, a gar or something because it just felt like dead weight. Well, I get it close and Lucas says, oh no, it's it's a bass, it's a bass. And I was like, there's no way. He said, dude, I just seen it. We get it up and we go to net, <laughs> and it is two spots that are two and a half pounds each, and it gives us our limit. As no as way. <laughs> yes, that is how we fill our our limit on day one. With is two with two, fish, two fish on
0: one cast, both of them two and a half pounds.
1: And I don't know if it was a luck thing. Like they were, they were schooling at the, at the same time that I hit the water, you know, but, you know, under the water, you know, chasing bait or something. And my crankbait just miraculously just stumbled into them right on top of them.
0: That is also So, so this school that y'all were fishing, how deep were they? I mean, when you're looking at them on live scope, I mean, how deep is the, the main school? At this school,
1: actually, we, we couldn't actually see these fish. Like this, this was just a, this is just a Hail Mary cast. Like I'm talking a long bump, and we couldn't see these fish because they were, most of them were really suspicious suspended like our our fish went from you know being hugged to the bottom that you could you know easily catch them cranking and like like yeah because the most the the key range like the key depth range was like that 10 to like 16 foot range but the the best definitely seemed to be like 15 foot was definitely the the best depth but i mean we it was just a crazy cast i just happened to luck upon two two and a half pound spots that
0: yeah see that's what
1: i'm sitting here thinking i'm sitting here visualizing this and i'm
0: like okay i in my mind, you're looking for schools of fish anywhere from, like you said, you know, 13 to 20 foot of water, you know, that's where they're supposed to be. That's where you're looking for these schools. And then you, you throw out and you catch them at, you know, catch two good fish in two foot. I mean, you're fishing deeper water, but they're suspended up toward the surface, obviously to hit it that quick with just two cranks. And I've heard that about Logan in the past. I, I think me and Zeke have talked about it on here before, and uh, and Joey, about how in, in Logan, they just, it's like no rhyme or reason sometimes, they're just, they're suspended, like, not close to the bottom, but, you know, just up toward the top, just following bait fish, I guess. But it it, it sounds like you've made the right cast.
1: Yeah, I think part of it was, uh, we noticed throughout the whole lake, really, uh, there's a lot of, like, fingerling-sized bait. And, you know, they get bait balls kind of close to the surface Yeah. and, you know, a lot of bass chasing them around, but they're extremely hard to catch. There's really, there's really no good way to catch them other than you know, two at a time on a <laughs> right? put under
0: the water. Right. So y'all, I mean, after the, that was a pretty, pretty thrilling moment to get those, uh, get that five pounds in the boat, uh, to, yeah. to, to wind up your day, push y'all in good position. So the day two, did you, did y'all go in? Obviously you probably went in with a little different approach than you did the day one, just because day one was such a struggle for everybody.
1: Yeah. yeah. We did change things up a little, uh, day two, the first, I mean, the morning of day two, we, we tried a similar approach in the morning because we had been catching a few good largemouth in the grass early on, and we had lost that four-pounder the day before. So, yeah, you know, we tried to get that kicker fish in the boat. That's usually really key on Logan Martin, to get a kicker largemouth to go with quality spots. Uh, that's a great way to win a tournament. But uh, after that, you know, no dice again. We didn't even get a bite the second day in the morning. Uh, we went to a particular school, and uh, – that we really didn't catch them in practice there but we had a little bit of rain the first day and uh this happened to be like around the mouth of the creek we'll say and uh it had a little bit of flow coming out of it and this is before you know generators got on and uh i i'm guessing that's why you know they were just loads right there uh this is about you know 9 or so 10 o'clock 10 o'clock around. and uh yeah we found the magical school right there at this plus this mouth of the creek i guess because the water flowing out and uh we proceeded to catch 30 to 40 bass there and every fish nice. we weighed in yeah
0: that's awesome man that is a heck of a good school you know and talking to the guys that we've talked to lately uh, you know that some of the elite guys with brandon lester and you know one up at pickwick and then you know the week before you know talking to the pros that went that up at Gunnersville, and uh it sounds like that that's kind of how it is, man. You—it's—it's it's not luck because you're you're looking in the right kind of places, but it's like you got to find that school of fish that's a secret that nobody else knows about. That's not a community hole type place, and kind of off, kind of a place that you just—I'm not going to say stumble upon, but that maybe other people aren't looking, and you find that one school and and man, you win the tournament right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, so uh, that that one school right there was in that like ten to twelve foot deep range and. And yeah, man, we just pulled up that day and, uh, we got the, got the limit in really quick. I mean, I'm talking like five casts. Well, we already had one in the boat. So forecast, we had a, we had five kefers in the boat and we had put all the fish in there. They were all, you know, in that two and a half to three pound range. And we realized after we caught another two and a half pounder, we were like, we got to get on and cold. i started to cull the fish, you know, weighing all of them and, you know, figuring out which one was the smallest and, you know, I'd find out the smallest and throw it back and, Lucas every single time would would catch one and then would flip it into the boat and then I would try to weigh it figure out if it would help and then if not and I, you know I'd make the call and you know and and the whole entire time I don't get to make a cast for 20 minutes because Lucas steady is steady flipping fish fish that I have to call <laughs> you ain't even getting the fish the the rules are you can't have uh I think it's it's either six or seven fish in the well, boat what happened is since we got two people uh when we get that six fish you know one of us can keep fishing and yeah. uh. You know, there was times where we had seven and both had to quit fishing. It was ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, Dalton kept it pretty consistent where he was, you know, keeping just that six fish in there and then Yeah, he
0: was your he was the call master.
1: <laughs> the first day he caught, you know, four or five, so yeah. I felt like, you know, i was yeah, getting that's right. it back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's great. What were y'all catching that, those fish on?
1: Those fish were coming on a uh all of those are coming on the DT10, but the uh there, there was also a few fish that were caught on a swim bait cuz they were like, like we were talking about earlier, like doing that suspended thing, mm-hmm. we would, you know, he, Lucas would throw his swim bait out there and to get a few extra bites, like, and he'd count it down, you know, to a little bit above the bottom, wherever that would be. And he'd just start reeling and, you know, catch fish. It happened that way.
0: When you're throwing that DT10, are you trying to keep pretty consistent contact with the bottom?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is pretty important, especially when they're, you know, grouped up on the bottom, kind of like set up right, I would say, for you to catch 30 in a row. Yeah. It usually is pretty key to keep it close to the bottom because most of those fish were relating to the bottom. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we did have to rotate, uh, just every once in a while. We did stay on that school for quite a while and, you know, we'd rotate a swim bait when it got tougher too. And I think we even cut a couple on that shaky head, throw it back in there, get them, try to get them fired up again.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, All right, guys, let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff, now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by, and brought to you by, United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC, and by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites we are the fish bites nation and this is your invitation so grab some fish bites and get busy casting because you can't join the nation without doing the catching ask for fish bites or fish club lures or visit fishbites.com so y'all gotta be pretty happy about where you're sitting at that point i mean you you go in the way in you know you've you've called about as many as you can call at that point it sounds like so i mean did you did you guys feel like you had it when you went in or is it still one of those things where you're like man you know is, is it enough
1: yeah man we uh the fifteen five we weighed in we caught all that from from the span of 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock we didn't didn't make a single we caught a, a few fish after that and didn't make a call but the whole time we're thinking in the back of our mind you know we We were sitting, after day one, we were sitting almost two pounds back, and uh, we were thinking in our mind, you know, we need that a bag in like 16 to 17 pound range, you know, just because probably one of those 14 pound bags would have caught, you know, 14 or larger again, because there was, you know, several people in front of us. So the whole time, you know, we're trying to catch that other fish, you know, our, our, our kicker fish, we were thinking, you know, we need a four pounder, we need a four pounder, you know, just kept thinking that the whole time. And then just, you know, never thought, you know, pulling into the boat, key toss back. And I told Lucas, I was like, I was like, man, it's, it was a great day. I think we're going to be top three. And lo and behold, we walked up on stage and no one took us off. <laughs> man, you beat my Auburn guys up there and everything. That's what I'm talking
0: about. Good for y'all. Good for <laughs> y'all. Yeah, that's exciting, man. And uh, just to know that, you know, win that tournament and get that qualification to go to the national. I mean that's. Uh, That's pretty exciting stuff, man. Congratulations to you guys. Y'all, uh, sounds like it was some hard fishing and I've talked to some other people that were in that tournament and and they, they were like, it was really, really tough conditions and the fish were not doing, it wasn't easy out there. So, so you guys hats off to y'all.
1: Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. It was, it was a tough week. I mean, even practice was just grueling because the heat that week was, you know, crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: It was brutal. I was going yeah. to come to the weigh-in and I, and I was, uh, I walked outside and was doing some stuff in the yard. And then I was like, man, I, I, I don't know if I really want to go sit out there and, uh, on stand on concrete and watch this weigh-in. <laughs> so no, I, I, I deserted y'all, man. I, I'm not too much of a man to admit it. I, I cowered it <laughs> out because of the heat.
1: Yeah. I will say it, uh, at Lincoln Landing they did have it under like a pavilion. So it was, they had the whole stage set up under there. It was pretty nice under there, but, uh, yeah, during the week, we definitely found ourselves swimming a little bit, you know, <laughs> when, when the bite yeah. was slow during practice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, man. I don't blame you. Hey, well, uh, I know that you also fished Neely Henry a good bit. How's the fishing up there right now?
1: It's been pretty good lately. I went the other day, and uh, I caught some fish. You know, it's it's more of like, so Logan Martin's got that water willow, but Neely Henry, if, if you're going to want to fish that, you, that's the lake to go to, just because how how abundant it is everywhere and if and if you like to throw a swim jig and a frog they're they're eating it right now if you can get out there before the heat really really gets to you they're out, they're out there eating it and, and after later in the day if you want to flip the grass you can you can catch a lot of good quality fish doing that
0: so there's a good there's a good amount of grass in needle henry
1: oh yeah <laughs> you ain't kidding there is a lot of pretty much all the bank but the the gadget area is really probably one of the best in the summertime just because of how many tournaments are out of that, that part of the lake. And there's always, you know, new no fish getting put back in the water right there. And, uh, but yeah, the, the water willow is just all over. You you can put the troll motor down at the, at the, at the launch and you can just fish for four hours and you're never going to run out of water willow just on, you know, one bank.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. I need to get up there, man. I, this dang frog thing though. I, I'm getting really frustrated guys. <laughs> i'm waiting I, I miss so many dang fish on
1: a frog that i just want to tear something up yeah it's gonna happen like like we were saying you know it, in that logan martin tournament we did look like a four pounder that uh really thank ourselves for a while yeah on the frog so.
0: hey the frog will get yeah. bites now there ain't no doubt about that It's a trick and i i'm not sure i figured the trick out to catch and having a higher percentage of a fish that you land and you miss right now i'm on the bottom side of that so i gotta i gotta get better i gotta figure this out but yeah uh, it's
1: I, one of those things that uh some days they'll just eat it really really well like you know they'll choke the frog every time and another day they'll just be nipping at it and that's, that's usually my sign just put it down most, <laughs> most yeah, of those days
0: just put it down Hey, well, yeah. guys, if y'all, one thing I always like to do on here is is get a tip of the day. And uh, if somebody was coming up fishing the Coosa Chain this weekend, uh, man, what, what would your tip be for this weekend coming up?
1: Uh, one one tip for me is if I was fishing anywhere in the Coosa Chain, you know, it's it's been hot. So most of your people are, are thinking offshore, you know, I'm going to go out there and graph, you know. And that's how we want it at Logan Martin. Still fish, you know, if it's your first time coming to the lake or you are you haven't been on the lake in a while, I mean, there is there is still fish to be caught shallow on any – I don't care what Coose River Lake you're on. You, you can go shallow and catch them no matter when you go. You know, just if you just go out earlier in the morning or later in the evening, you can still catch them, you know, during the day. But just, just don't be afraid to beat the bank with whatever you feel confident in, and you can still catch them even your first time or your last time going there
0: good stuff that's a great tip man great tip well hey congratulations again to you guys and and good luck on your next tournament man proud of you guys appreciate y'all getting on the call today man excited to have y'all and uh look forward to to having you on again soon guys
1: oh yeah yes sir thank you it it was a pleasure for both of us to be on here we've heard a lot of good things about this podcast and it was it was a good time for us.
0: Hey, good stuff, man. We try, we try. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> but hey, you guys are the ones that make it good, and, and uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to join us. And uh, hey, keep us posted, man. Now, when's when's the big tournament?
1: Uh, the tournament is September second through the fourth. It'll be uh, it'll be the Memorial Day weekend. It'll be that Friday through Sunday. So the the official practice will be three days before then. But but yeah, that's when the tournament's going to be, and it's it'll be on uh. Both of mine and Lucas's Instagram will be posting about it, and uh, it'll be on the uh, any kind of social media platform that Fastmaster uh, is a part of, or even Bestmaster.com. will we'll have it posted on there. Well,
0: guys, y'all go up there and knock that out, and uh, let's have y'all back on it. Definitely, if not before then, definitely after then to talk about it. Oh yeah, yes sir. All right, guys, I'll holler at y'all later. Appreciate y'all being on, and uh, we'll talk to y'all next time. Thank you, sir. You too. All right, thanks. All right, guys, let's take just a few minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight pictures lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnerville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well-stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www dot dot northalabama.org and click on plan to download a north alabama fishing guide
2: and brought to you by Hilton's Real Time Navigator. Make the choice that professional captains all over the Gulf make and choose Hilton's Real Time Navigator. The easy to use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton's Offshore.com.
0: Welcome back to the show, guys. Great first segment. Love having those young men on. They did a great job. That was actually I got to give them some props here. That was the first podcast or media thing that they had ever done. Couldn't have been more proud of them, not just for winning the tournament on Logan Martin, but but the way they handled themselves and and presented themselves on the podcast. I thought they did a great job. Definitely got a lot of young knowledge and and i'm sure sure great things are in their future so hey let's get to the second segment man we have not talked about smith lake on here in way too long so welcome to the show michael walker what's going on mr walker
3: not much not much been a minute
0: yes yeah, been been a minute man been a minute we got to get this smith lake thing on here a little more often and um, how's everything going uh, everything's
3: going good uh we're kind of in our summer pattern now that we finally got some hot weather so uh catching a lot of fish decent size but not our biggest fish of the year but by far a lot of action
0: yeah that's good man and we we definitely got the hot weather a thifelist cooled back off maybe a little bit this week and not at 88 butter 98 anyway but right fish have moved off uh, offshore i'm i'm assuming and moved out into that deeper water
3: yeah yeah we're catching them uh you know our younger fish are still up at that 35 40 foot but our kind of older our our tender above fish are kind of settling into deeper water between 50 and 70 and 80 feet hadn't made it to the deepest part
0: yet but they're getting there man that's a, still blows me away how deep those fish get there so, so when you're talk, and and <clears throat> when you're talking about these big stripes When you're talking about a lot of fish, what's a lot of fish?
3: They're schooled up real good. A couple hundred, a thousand fish uh, in the summer just because we have uh, the majority of our fish are in the lower third of the lake. So they're really congregated uh, due to the lower oxygen levels in the water. So you really have them grouped up big time. So uh, when you do find them and you uh, get on them, uh, you can really get a lot real quick
0: yeah so like an average day uh right now what what would your expectations be
3: oh uh, we're well, right now we're still getting a mix of uh stripers and like spotted bass the spotted bass are still hanging around some of the air- the depths that we're catching our uh, smaller stripers at so you're going to get a mix of stripe and bass you're going to catch you know we're going to have 70 to 100 and something baits and we'll be out of bait uh, in a couple of hours
0: good gracious Dude, that's pretty awesome. That's an exciting day of fishing.
3: No, yeah, I mean we'll we'll catch a lot of fish
0: uh, right now. You know, in another week or two, the bass will kind of be a little
3: bit higher, and the stripes will be deeper, so there'll be a little more separation where we won't have as much mix, mixed bag as we're catching kind of right now.
0: Does the thermocline come into play on Smith Lake with strike fishing? I
3: mean, it does, but they don't just sit on the thermocline. You might have two thermoclines It smells like at certain times you might have one at 45 but your, your fish still might be at 60 80 100 feet so not as much as bait fish and and bass relate to the to the thermoclines
0: yeah and that's what i was wondering because i know we've talked on here before about how deep you catch these fish on Smith, on Logan, Martin, both. I mean, you catch these fish extremely deep at times and in our mind as you know, as, as bass fishermen and, and, you know, striped fishermen, you know, more so probably bass fishermen, we're, we're always like trying to stay above the thermocline or right at the thermocline because there's not as much bait normally below it as there is above it, uh, just because right. of the oxygen content. So. I'm assuming, though, the stripes that are going down there in that 70, 80-foot water, I mean, there's, there's still bait, obviously, down there.
3: Um, Yeah, we well, on Smith Lake, we have blueback herring. So, you know, we've got bait that's anywhere between 60 to 150 feet during the summertime.
0: Good gracious. Yeah, that's pretty deep water pretty deep water what about the size y'all catching some, some decent ones right now
3: and you know summertime uh, we're going to catch what we're going to catch once we've caught some fish i can pull us off of the schools but schools are going to have anywhere between four pounders and 30 pounders you know and maybe a 40 pounder underneath them or off to the side but we're going to kind of going to catch probably you know on the average on smith lake we're going to catch the 10s the 12s and maybe couple 20s here and there maybe a 30 uh but summertime is kind of more the four through 20 pound class uh the younger fish are going to put more effort into going after the baits uh in the tougher conditions than the older fish so unless you kind of hit the older fish in the head uh You'll, you'll probably get a better chance of just catching some, some of that, you know, teenage fish or 10-pounders.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. What's like prime time? Is spring when you catch your bigger fish, or is it more of a fall, winter? Yeah, February, March, April. Winter,
3: like fall, we get, we've got a good chance of uh, pulling some bigger baits in fall. And then kind of winter, if we get cold, it slows down on the bigger fish for a minute. And then uh, if we have a warm winter, we can kind of go through fall all the way through winter. But we had not had that warmer winter for a couple of years now.
0: Yeah. What was your record this spring?
3: Uh, This year was only uh, 43 pounds. You know, 45 is our boat record. We catch a lot of 41s, 40 pounders, and, you know, a decent amount of high 30s. We just don't catch a lot of those 44, 45, uh, and, and above.
0: Those are giants, you know. man. That's a giant fish.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean you're still talking forty four to forty two inches long fish. Yeah, big yeah. fish.
0: Now what about in is there a is what about in Lake Martin? Is it similar there?
3: Yeah, we're just you're gonna dial down your average size quite a bit. You know, have the opportunity to catch a couple
0: more fish
3: action wise but size wise your average is going to be between two and eight pounds with the average being somewhere around three to four so you're going to lose quite a bit of size
0: i wonder why i mean they're both deep lakes i mean obviously smith is deeper both pretty clear lakes they both got the blue blueback herring in them what do you think the reason is that smith has such bigger fish
3: smith's bluebacks are w- way more established throughout the lake there's uh, at least a hundred times more more bait in Smith Lake than there is Lake Martin. Wow. Uh, the blue bait. Lake Martin is has a chance of having a fish kill, probably you know five to one over Smith Lake, especially at the end of summer. And Lake Martins had a couple, so you know it has hurt the upper end Smith Lake during one of the years. Lake Martin had a small fish kill, which hurt the upper end, but not as far down as the one that Lake Martin had a fish kill. You know, five years ago that wiped out. You know everything over 15 pounds to 10 pounds and the majority of them
0: what causes that is it oxygen
3: yeah just uh bad bad water lack of oxygen it could be we have spring rains all spring and they have to run the water consistently and we get real hot early in the summer and that adds to it and, Then at the end of October, when the lake's really at its worst time, we get another flood and they have to run the last bit of water where all the fish are sucked down at that dam. Yeah, it's just uh, bigger fish go first and the smaller fish, they survive. Four to five pounders can pretty much survive most of them, uh, but above that, you kind of go from biggest to downhill you know to the smallest on the, yeah. the kill
0: uh, obviously you're fishing a lot bait mainly right now because you said y'all about 70 baits is what y'all usually have
3: yeah 70 to 120 i mean like uh right now i'm probably taking 20 because we're around so many bass In a couple of weeks uh and we're only around stripers really we'll probably only take 70 uh just due to the fact if we catch 70 stripe animals yeah we've done pretty good but.
0: yeah that's right that's pretty good i was, i'm assuming throwing a cast net and catching the herring
3: yeah yeah cast net you know we we've got everything from regular nets to tape nets light tape nets to heavy tape nets. you know sometimes of the year it's really easy you can go out there and throw a six to seven footer regular cast net no tape and you catch as many as you want and then a month later you gotta throw a tape net, but it better be a light one. It needs to be ten feet and then, I mean it's it's as much catching bait as it is just like you're going out to catch fish, uh having live scope to kinda of see what the bait's doing when you're throwing your nets is probably like a game changer. A oh time wow. Saver.
0: I never thought about that.
3: Yeah. Because we can sit there and go, Okay, well this lot's going too fast. Because we think we're just spooking them and we're pushing them out real quick, right? And then we we might try a tape net that's a little slower on the fall and might be too slow, and they might just have too much time before we can really close it good on them. Uh, so we can we can do a lot with live scope, you know. As in fishing-wise for stripe, yeah, I can use the down scope or I can use the forge. You kind of follow them around once we're on them. Um, but man, bait catching it's a it's a key for the way they change the laws, and you have to catch catch your bait on the water the day of uh can't transport bait so they made it a little tough so uh having the tools to catch it a little bit easier
0: yeah no doubt like when you're when you're looking for bait um, are you looking like for current areas I, I know you know growing up on the on the river blow the lock and Dam, when we would get go catch shad for for catfish we'd go in that in that current blow the dam and you know they would they'd be schooled up there and you just basically throw it in the where the water's falling off pretty much on some of the places and and catch them but like in a smith lake or a logan martin i mean how do you target where to even catch the the bait fish
3: Well, uh, uh herring, we catch them at night because that's the you know the way we found the easiest way to target those and then shad we don't have any dams on the top of the lake that you can actually access so you have to go in creeks if you're looking for shads or at the mouth of creeks. It could be anywhere from throwing on flats to, you know, throwing 30 feet with deep hole nets. Um, but it's definitely different tactics for each bait. and It's definitely a lot more work.
0: <laughs> what are you – are you just looking for them schooling on top of the water? I mean, shad,
3: I'd like to see them pop, but there's going to be times of the year <laughs> you're not going to get to see that, you know. Yeah yeah um, they're not going to show themselves on a windy day or you know i'll use my electronic uh, to locate a lot of them and then i'll throw on them
0: that's a game changer man yeah i can see where life's would be huge for that
3: yeah oh yeah it's pretty key
0: so when you're when you're fishing right now and you're fishing this deep water but you know you're seeing the fish go down there you get over to the top of them and drop it down or is it are you trolling
3: yeah i mean like you know a lot of the trips i'm dropping live bait and then I'm, Especially if we got some clients that want to do some artificials, we've got uh, lures that we can drop down, and you can kind of do some rod in hand and uh, hook the fish on artificials.
0: Well, man, it sounds like it's a good time to come get a lot of action. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Summer's
3: always a good time to catch a lot of fish, and uh, trips are quick and a lot of fun.
0: I, that's even better right now. You be be done by ten o'clock. Oh, yeah. Five, five to
3: nine, if we haven't got it done in four hours and killed it, we probably ain't going to get
0: it done anyways on that
3: day. But, uh, yeah, right. Nah, a lot of action. Uh, we should be out of bait in this four hours.
0: So, dude, you're starting your mornings early. If you starting with your clients at five, and then you're getting out there before that and catching the bait.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm on the water at two o'clock. I mean, bait might take me 20 minutes, or bait could take me three hours. You don't know night from night. and You know, I feel like I do i got a handle on it and i might show up an hour uh later than i i do but uh yeah that seems to cost you so uh i'm here extra early to make sure i get bait and don't have to sweat it or even if i have to sweat it uh you know i was (laughs) a good amount of time trying so uh,
0: yeah absolutely well magic it's an exciting we all think of bass fishing or crappie fishing or brim fishing or cat fishing, and, and sometimes these big stripes get overlooked by a lot of us. But man, what a, what a thrill to be able to go out and have that kind of action and have a chance at catching you know 20, 30, 40 pound fish. It's just something that something that uh, we, we all need to try, that's for sure and myself included in that. Michael, if somebody wants to book a trip with you. And come experience this and have a chance at at catching some of these big stripes. What's the best way for them to to contact you?
3: They can call me at uh, 205 503 2020, or they can check us out on the web at fishing24 7 guideservice.com.
0: Fishing24 7 guideservice.com. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you joining us today, man. Great to have you back on here and give us a stripe update. Man, let's do it again soon, brother. Yeah, good to hear from y'all and uh yeah, we gotta get y'all out here. We gotta do that. We're gonna make we're gonna make it happen this year. All right, I'll be waiting on the call. All right, buddy. Take care, talk to you soon. Bye. All right, guys, let's take a few minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors.
2: Dixie Supply and Baker Metal Works. Dixie Supply and Baker Metal Works are proud to be your metal roofing headquarters for over 40 years. Save time and money by buying from the most reliable manufacturer on the Gulf Coast. If you buy it today, you pick it up today. They offer 20 Sherwin Williams colors to choose from and a 40 year warranty. Baker Metal and Dixie Supply. Two names, same great service. With the addition of their new store in Cantonment, Florida, They now have eight locations to serve you. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks, your metal roofing headquarters.
0: All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Man, what a great show we had today. There again, man, first segment. Love having those young guys on here from Jacksonville State and uh man these these college guys just continue to impress me uh no matter where they're going and and they're great fishermen and and uh man a lot further than than i was that's for sure when i was their age or heck than i am right now so pass off to them and man this stripe fishing thing i I got to do it. I just got to do it. I've been talking to Michael. We've we've got, you know, David that's on here and Logan Martin. Uh, He's been on the show a lot. David Hare. We got, I got to get with these guys and I got to enjoy some of this striped fishing. It sounds like it's full of action and it's not always that way with the bass fishing this time of year. Summers can get kind of tough at times. But hey, there's another option, strike bass. And we may catch a 20, 30, 40 pounder one. That's got to, that, that's pretty exciting. So uh hey, that is gonna be a wrap for the show today. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh if you're enjoying the podcast, as always, guys, please take just a minute, subscribe, rate, drop us a review, and share us, share us with your friends, man. Tell your friends about us, get them on the get them the listening as well. And if you would like us to email you the show, we'll do that each and every week. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314 665 1767, and we will email you the show each and every week. We make it simple, you ain't got to go look for it. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, get out there this weekend, enjoy the waters, stay safe. Look forward to talking to y'all again next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Killer Doc. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at killerdock.com. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learn the basics of how to hunt and fish. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. And by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by BoatersList.com. Do you own your own company that needs to reach boaters, anglers, and marine enthusiasts? Sign up for free today to grow your business on boaterslist.com. And brought to you by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King. Built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by
2: the Alabama Marine Resources Division reminds all recreational anglers possessing gray triggerfish, greater amberjack, or red snapper that they must report these fish through Snapper Check before they are landed in Alabama. For more information about Snapper Check, please visit OutdoorAlabama.com.
0: And brought to you by Photonis Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. PD Pro Series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonis 16 mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18 mm image intensifier tubes. These ultra-light, ultra-compact night-vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night-vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Cube panoramic night-vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness, and by... Great Days Outdoors magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.